HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking organization. Not mise en place or keeping your knives in a row, but labor organizing. If any restaurant worker is listening to this and is like, yes, I want something different, but I don't know where to start. First step they just need to do is to find one of us and get plugged in. As independent contractors, they can't directly tell people, you know, when or, or where to work, but by using sort of gamified nudges to push people, that is sort of how they um, move the workforce around. Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Je suis un grand canard, monsieur la tête de pomme de terre. Lou, are you speaking in tongues? Oh, Chava, I thought you spoke French. I do, Lou. I lived in Nice for a year. And what exactly is that that you're trying to speak? <laughs> well, I'm trying to speak French. Okay, if you say so. And what are you trying to say in French? I am saying I would like to try your sombre mezcal, please. Again, okay, if you say so. But why are you attempting to order your sombre in French? Oh, Chava, young Chava, have you not heard? There is a new sombre on the market, the Reposi. I think you mean Reposado? No, Chava. That's Spanish. I'm speaking French. Then I think you mean reposé. Ah, le reposé is fantastico. <laughs> Still not French, but could you please get to the point? Yeah, sure. Sombra has a new aged version of their award-winning Espadine Mezcal and is being aged in Bored Duck's oak wine barrels. <laughs> Good Lord, Bordeaux. Oh, yeah, yeah, that actually sounds better. Bordeaux wine barrels from, um, from, me. could you read this for me? Okay, okay, let me check. Chateau Le Ville Poiferet. Wow, that's one of the original second growth states in Bordeaux established in 1855? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure exactly what second growth means, but I can tell from all of your exclamation points that it's significant, which is what I figured from everything I've been reading about this. So I'm thinking the next time I go to a mezcal bar and I try to order a copita full of sombra rep... Sombra... Sombra reposé. 
Right. Next time I go to order a copita of Sombra Reposé, I'm going to have to be able to speak fancy. Fancy talk gets you fancy mezcal. I'm guessing you could just say I like the Sombra Reposé. You know nothing is that simple with me, Chava. I do, Lou, but for everyone else, just say I like the Sombra Reposé. As guests return to your bar, they're going to be thrilled just to be back in their second homes. But imagine how much more thrilled they'll be when you add a little razzle-dazzle to your toolbox. Personal technique and flair are skills that can constantly be built upon to ensure you serve up excellent drinks every time. Diageo Bar Academy has gathered the very best serving inspiration from around the globe with top tips on canning, batching, garnishing, smoking, muddling, shaking, measuring, pouring, all this, and so much more. Want to know how San Francisco's Blind Tiger crafts crystal clear ice? Or how Jay Khan of Hong Kong's Koa ferments his own tapache and how he uses it in cocktails? Or how Jack Sodi manages a Solera system for his barrel-aged cocktails at Boilermaker House in Melbourne. You'll find all that and more at DiageoBarAcademy.com. Stay informed, get inspired, and nurture connections to grow your career or your business by joining Diageo Bar Academy. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Visit today. It's completely free, and you will be amazed at all they have to offer. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com log on now at diageobaracademy.com to raise the bar and enhance your career I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave. Agave spirits and rural Mexico. Chava, there is something I need to understand. What is that, Lou? Why do they call me Chava? We already discussed that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we we did discuss that. No, it is, I'm trying to understand pulque. And what I mean by that specifically, right? What I mean by that is I have told people over and over and over during tastings that if the reason that we've, the reason that mescaleros throw the agave into these stone-lined earthen ovens, mm-hmm. right, is to convert the fructans in the agave into fermentable sugars. Okay. I have said that so many times. And, you know, and, and okay, maybe it's not always a pit in the ground. Maybe, uh, maybe what you're doing is you're using a steam oven. Right. Mm-hmm. Or there's this, you know, the autoclave, which is sort of like a steam oven, but a pressure cooker. Right. It's so, a, but it's another a, way to cook. A fa- fancier temascal, I will put it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but then there's also the diffuser and the diffuser. What it's doing is uh, it's chopping the agave into little raw pieces, uncooked agave. And then it's throw and it's blasting it with water and sometimes acid. And then it's throwing it into an autoclave to cook it. So I saying cook, cook, cook over and over and over again. But the thing about pulque is there's no cooking. Yes. So how the hell, how the hell is the plant fermenting unfermentable sugars? Well, I think the the way that I'd like to visualize this, and I have no idea about nuclear science, right? But I'd like to think of the agave (laughs) as a nuclear reactor that suddenly gets sparked on when pulque is happening. And 
the way to do that, it's tremendously fascinating. And I have been trying to understand this for years. I've been trying to find papers and, you know, I went to design school. So I, I took yeah. this class that was very fashionable at the time called biomimicry. And mm-hmm. the basis of that class was to understand a plant or an animal, all the strategies that it used for survival or for pleasure sometimes, which is a, it's a weird approach. But anyways, pleasure. like... Uh, well, like, you know, I, I, that's a whole different uh, conversation. It's very uh, questionable and whatever. Okay, it's a different episode, yeah. Uh, a plant pleasuring itself, yes. That is definitely a different podcast, in fact. But go yes, ahead. Yes, and I'm not, uh, yes. Do not do not want to go and spend too much time on that. But anyways, uh, and it was always fascinating to find all these plants, having all these tips and tricks and ways to, you know, like Mark Twain. Every plant and animal is a Mark Twain. In a, in, a, in a weird way, like uh, trying to trick people. Mark Twain was always trying to trick people? Yeah, of course. Okay. Like, uh, well, I, I, that's my understanding of the guy. But anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been trying to understand this. And every paper that I found just spoke about all the health benefits of pulque. But none of them spoke about what was truly going on inside the agave itself, and why was this possible without any true human intervention? And we discussed this, and you suggested for us to interview Ivan Saldana. And Ivan Saldana, who is the owner for, of Montelobos or the founder of Montelobos, uh, happened to do a PhD on agave's metabolism. And I think he has given me the most clarity about this that, that I've encountered. So if we can roll his interview, that I think. As a start, I think they'll, they'll, they'll help a lot. Okay, cool. When you make pulque, you scratch. First of all, you cut the meristem. The meristem is a tissue that brings new tissue to life. So it's typically the central structure from where leaves get the attached, the attached, the attached, the attached. It's always in the center. And eventually that meristem will also produce a flower. But if you just cut it like flat and then you start to scratch, you kill that meristem, and the plant will have to try to heal itself. So what will happen is the piña will have a really strong activity with this enzyme that breaks down the sugar and will try to produce a sweet sap to surround the area where the wound has been made in order to uh, rebuild the tissue that was broken. And that what, what a pulquero agave is trying to do constantly is to flood the wound with this liquid in order to let the tissue to feed out of it. It's interesting, but fructans are totally undigestible for us, but also for the agave itself. I mean, you have areas or in the plant, like the pine, where you can store this polymeric sugar, but it's, it's of no use until you are able to transform that into a into a solution of fructose-rich uh, sugar, or fructose-rich uh, solution, that then will make available the exact kind of sugar that a cell will be able to use in order to build this uh, tissue around the area what is this wound. So, okay, so that, uh, that was Ivan Saldana. Ivan. Yes. Dr. Dr. Ivan Saldana, who is the founder of Monte Lobos and also the founder of uh, of Nixta. 
and well, he, he's not an a, actor. solo whiskey. Why are you saying actor? I said founder. I didn't say actor. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, it's your, your accent is turning to... Conf- Every time you say something in Spanish, <laughs> it just messes my head up, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I, I just want to point out, because, you know, he he's done more than just Monte Lobos. And he makes the... God, I... He makes him created. He created uh, um, Ancho Reyes, which I just love. Anyway, uh, so that's his answer to the question, right? And it leaves me with so many other questions. Okay, but before anything, I just want to point out certain things. I yeah. one of the things that I find lovely about our conversation with him is that using proper language, calling the things with their scientific names, if you will, I think helps further understanding them. So, you know, we usually refer as the piña or the heart of the agave, but it's the melistem. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it's the creator of new tissue, which I almost find poetic. You like, you, yeah. I, I think it makes you visualize the agave as this active living thing, whereas usually you just see it as the static elephant that it's not moving anywhere. I, I, I'd agree a hundred percent, but the thing, like he, he used the word kill and I think he meant to say wound. Right? You don't kill the Medistem, you wound it. Well, you... Okay, this is going to be a lot of etymology, but what's the difference between killing and wounding an agave? Uh, maybe you do kill... You do kill the, the, the capacity for the agave to create more tissue. And because... But it you w- don't. Yes, because what it is trying to do <laughs> is to create... To, to, to heal that wound, to be able to create new leaves but it's not possible and it's trying to flood it with the sap to 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 be able to create more more leaves i think the question here will be is the agave capable of creating new leaves through its pulque making process if that's not the case then you just kill the melistem you just killed its capacity to create new tissue did you or if you actually just sat on your hands after after making that cut and let the plant do what it's trying to do, heal itself, would it heal itself, and then start creating new leaves? That is a wonderful question that we have to try out. Uh, it, it's going to be a terrible <laughs> waste of pulkelu, but I, I think I think we can do that for science. Okay, for, for science! So, okay, so, so that's... Okay, so the plant always has... Like, the enzymes are there, and the plant has to be using those enzymes constantly during its lifespan, in order to convert the fructans into energy that it can use. Otherwise, it wouldn't have any, it wouldn't have any leaves. Yeah. For, right? Yes. And that's also what I, the other piece of information that I find fascinating, that not even the agave itself can use the fructans. Well, but it can. It can convert it into fructose. That's what I'm saying. It, Yes, yeah, yeah, but that's a different thing because. Well, but I, I, but I, I guess think it's, I, I think it's a more fascinating thing. Like the plant is yes. so smart. It's like, okay, I'm just going to use two percent of my fructans now, and is like, does it need? I'm going to two percent, so I'm going to just squeeze out enough of the enzymes and save some for the rainy day, or I guess maybe the dry day, uh, when I need them for something else to protect myself. If Agave was an accountant, I will hire it immediately. <laughs> it's. it's <laughs> Exactly my point. Exactly my point. It's fascinating to see that this plant is conserving its different resources, both the fructans and the enzymes, to do the things that it needs to do at the time that it needs to do them. And it somehow, it somehow knows it's going to have a future. 
Yes, and and the other piece of information that we we don't have in this quote, but Ivan also pointed out that I find even more tremendously fascinating is that because when the Kyoto is being pulled out, which is a massive explosion of energy and expenditure, it's uh you know it's like the Black Friday for Agave, just trying to spend all the money as fast as it can. It knows that it has usable sugars inside itself. So if a goat, a cow is nearby, they're going to be able to eat that. So you, you have you heard about all these animals caponing the agave? Yeah, sure. So they will yeah. eat the, the kyote. It's because there are eatable, digestible sugars in it. And that's why it's so critical that the kyote grows so fast. Uh, so it can actually get the job done before some cow comes along and screws up its day. Yes, and that also from a biomimicry or evolutionary perspective, how smart has this plant have to become to even understand the speed that it has to go to have more chances for reproduction? God. And <laughs> and it's like, for some reason, not, for, yeah, exactly that, actually. I'm sorry. For some reason, it's decided, yeah, I'm going to shoot my seeds up 20 feet in the air instead of two feet in the air. And yeah, and the other thing that even Ibang was mentioning is that this thing grows so crazily fast that you can listen to it. <laughs> if you had a super sensitive microphone attached to the Kyote, you could listen to that thing growing, which probably is going to be our next uh, musical experiment, Lou. I like if it. If you are into John Cage. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this, in many ways for me, I, I think Pulque is just a great example of how fascinating agaves can be. And all the tricks that it has at hand, not only for survival, I will say, it's like, you know, I was saying this thing, like almost pleasure. Like, I, I, I think that it's, uh, I, I can imagine if Agave has a personality. I mean, you were in comic books, right? Mm -hmm. So in the, in the old days, uh, all the heroes were really nice and they, they, they were, I'll say like very flat, plain personalities. Yeah. And then... They start to have problems, and they were trickier. They, yeah. they was like Iron Man was an alcoholic. Yeah, that was that was that was Marvel. That was Fantastic Four started that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I think that if you want to think about a notion of nature that it's very romanticized and it's like the typical flat poster kid uh, nature, you know, like a bee. The bee is the ultimate poster child of a good player in nature. It creates honey for humans. It pollinates other flowers. I imagine Agave being in a different spectrum, just a tricky, <laughs> lonely kid in the middle of the desert, just creating delicious stuff out of it. And I don't know, like, like it's more of an Iron Man to me than, I don't know, what, I like a Superman. Okay. Okay. I like that. I think it's a good place to conclude. I think I got my answer. Okay. okay. Great. Finally, I get to answer to you something with uh, almost full clarity. I, I feel proud of myself. Well, it was more Yvonne than you, but yeah, fair okay. enough. <laughs> okay. Catch you next episode. Adios, Lou. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. 
Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.